Beyond the Boundary with the Sky Blues was brought to you by Titans Cricket and That Eye Productions. Hello everybody, welcome to the edition of Beyond the Boundary with the Sky Blues and today we're chatting to Matthew Kleinfeld. Matthew, thank you for your time and welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, guys, for having me. I'm uh, really excited to uh, engage with you guys on many different topics. But I hope that uh, I don't get too many more bounces. Uh, <laughs> I hope you guys are going to look after me. Uh... Well, listen, it's early in the season, but there might be the odd googly and there might be the odd yorker that'll come your way, but I'm sure you'll be able to handle it. Let's start off. Where did it all begin for you? Because I don't think many people realize you were born in the United Kingdom, weren't you? Yes. I was born there, but I didn't play a lot of cricket there. It started for me at the age of 10. I played representative cricket for Western Province. And, um, well, I, I think that was because my dad was a cricketer, a very well-known cricketer in South Africa. And he kind of passed on a bit of um, skill and understanding of the game to me. And from there, from the age of 10, playing representative cricket, I realized that I, told him I can actually take this a bit more further, I can actually get into the game, I can enjoy the game. And from there, it was year by year, we grew in the sport, understood the sport. And um, yeah, I think that was my starting block or my foundation. So I know your father was involved, your cousin Rory's also been involved in cricket. So I guess coming from a cricket family, it was just a natural progression for you to take up cricket. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was very difficult not to um, because my dad, himself loved the game and when we had our family pride and family uh, gatherings it was cricket the conversation was cricket it was always cricket you know um, i do come from a sporting background where my grandfather played south african tennis and uh, my uncle is a south african squash player i think cricket stuff when we had the conversation about cricket obviously because of my dad because of my my cousin I think cricket stuck there and, and I kind of ran with it um, from a young age, as I said before. And you've certainly moved around uh, through the, the ranks in South Africa to eventually land up at where you are right now at uh, the Multiply Titans. It, it's been a journey. It's a lot of challenges, of course. Um, but ultimately, landing up at the Titans has been a, a dream come true. Um, obviously, uh, I, I grew up and played most of my cricket in Cape Town. Uh, that would be Western Province and, and a few years ago, Cape Cobras. Um, that's where I played most of my cricket. And, and yes, my dream was to play and represent the Cobras, which I did. But unfortunately, things didn't work out as I wanted them to work out. And then um, I had to make a move to uh, Bloemfontein and uh, play under uh, Alan Donald, uh, which was also somewhat of a dream come true because I watched uh, Alan Donald uh, plays cricket for South Africa growing up and he's one of my heroes. So that was something that was just uh, on a different level. And then got the opportunity to come to the, the Titans. And, and yeah, it was, it was a big shock to get the opportunity to come here. But yeah, I, I tried to work as hard as I could to try and put in the performances. So yeah, I was just, when I got the opportunity from the Titans, I, I couldn't resist. You said it was a big shock. I only played really four-day cricket for the Knights. And these days, especially at a very prestigious um, union like the Titans, you've got a lot of all-rounded cricketers who, who have played all formats and have done well in all formats. Even though I do regard myself 
as an all-round uh, performer in all formats, um, I, I think I was worried that that would hinder me from other opportunities. But I think I showcased my skill enough over the a few years in Bloemfontein as well and as in Cape Town, uh, which kind of gave me the opportunity for the Titans. But it was still a shock because um, with 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 great respect, the Titans is a massive union. And and I wouldn't want to think that I did I could just walk into a place like that and just think that because I've done well and that's what I deserve, it will always be a shock shock to me. And I always feel like this is still a shock because it's the Titans. You said you worked under Alan Donald. Uh, who were your other cricketing heroes while you were growing up? I grew up also watching uh, Ashwell Prince, which I had the great opportunity to work with at uh, Cape Cobras, um, just because Ashwell was a left-handed batsman. Uh, yes, he uh, batted most of his time in the middle order, but um, uh, later on in the top order as well, especially for his uh, franchise. Having to work with Ashwell Prince and also uh, watching him over the years, as a, a almost a like for like cricketer, he um, was one of, I would say role models at the time. Um, JP Dumini, um, those type of cricketers. But I'm gonna go but of course. I uh, because I was like you mentioned, I was born in the UK. Uh, Marcus Trescothic was someone that I really really enjoyed watching, especially his career and opening the bat- batting for England. And just his style of batting, the classical way that he went about his game, he's someone that that, that stood out big for me and, and had a massive impact on my style of cricket uh, rather than uh, the mentality which Ashwell kind of brought me. Yeah, let's talk about some of the, the times that you spent in the UK. I mean, you played for Essex, Sussex and Hampshire. How different is county cricket with the continual playing day in and day out compared to how you would play here in South Africa? Yeah, it's, 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 it's a difficult question because there are so many different aspects that are different to uh, South African cricket and English cricket, just in terms of the way the setup is and their goal within the different unions uh, is very different to how we go about our cricket and our um, blueprint. Even though we try and marry the two uh, in terms of South African cricket and English cricket, each union is different. So, you know, it's quite widespread. But, but to answer your question, I think what benefits English is that they are able to, like you said, there's way more cricket being played. There's way more emphasis on playing cricket. And also the environment that they create to continue to play cricket. And, and where, where South Africa is lacking is the lack of cricket being played in the country. We, we play way too little cricket, which places way more emphasis on each match being the beginning and the end of your career. And that influences the way that we play the game and the way that our mindsets are uh, focused within um, the, the challenges that we face, not outside cricket, but, but mostly inside the game, the tactical and technical aspects when we're playing other countries. So I think that would be one major aspect that I can see. And having spent some time in the UK and obviously played most of my career here in um, South Africa. So we as commentators and reporters, we're very clever never to have played the game at the level that you've played. And then we're very quick to criticize that you're playing one-day cricket when you're playing in a four-day game because it's so much 
white ball cricket, you're not used to red ball cricket. How difficult is the transition really? From four-leg cricket to one-leg cricket, there's not much of a difference. I know there's a little pressure on South African cricket to match up to what English cricket and Australian cricket is doing currently. I understand that. Um, but we must take into consideration the fact that we're playing on different wickets here in South Africa. The wickets uh, are, are way more sportier than it would be in, in, in the UK in terms of their preparation. And we can argue about that to the cows come home, but having spoken to guys who have played uh, in English conditions and played um, here currently, they will back me up in terms of the scores and we can just look at stats and we can look at scores. The scores aren't as high as what they would be overseas. So it tells you a little bit about the style of cricket that we, we do play here in order to get the best um, out of our results as, as cricketers. So I wouldn't blame it totally on uh, the transition from four day to one day and how typical that is. I would just say that we need to play a little bit differently because of the types of wickets that we're playing on. Are you a guy that looks and watches your stats much? I do. I think uh, personally, I think it's it's becoming more part of the sport now. So stats is something that you inevitably have to look at in order to keep yourself ahead of the game. However, I, I try and use it as a guide rather than being um, something that is that you have to go to and totally have to believe. I try and give uh, leave some room for uh, expression. Um, but yeah, I would say I'm someone that, that admires and takes the time out to look at stats. The reason I ask is because You've been out on 99. You've been left stranded on 199, not out. Do you have sleepless nights over scores like that? Yeah. Uh, actually, like I said, I try and leave room for expression, <laughs> uh, which means I can't, I can't totally leave that out of my memory bank. But um, I, I was saying, I was actually chatting with my brother about that the other day because he also told me how does that feel. Yeah. Um, and I said, I said, honestly, looking back, I wouldn't have changed it because – uh, yes, the milestone of having a double hundred is a big thing, but uh, it's better than getting a duck. <laughs> that's that's for sure. I kind of I'll try to take the positive out of the whole situation, but really, I think to to have gotten that far is yes, it's it's a little bit disappointing, but at the end of the day, 199 is uh, a, a total that I will cherish and. If I look back and that's the, the biggest score that I've got, then I won't uh, be too disappointed. Yeah, it's amazing how people say nothing about the 30 and 40 that you get five or six times in a season. Mm-hmm. But you score a 99 or 199, they will let you know about yeah, that exactly. forever without yeah. realizing. Totally. A hundred and ninety-nine is incredible. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, 99 in itself is incredible. Exactly. It's difficult. I mean, milestones, especially for uh, the career, is a big thing because when you look back, those things that you can have on memories about them. But uh, the game is what it is, and stats always don't don't tell the full story. Um, it, it gives you a good guideline on the, the, the quality of maybe the innings, but it doesn't tell you the full story. So yeah, I, I know what happened. I know what transpired, and. I'm quite satisfied. Let's talk a little bit about your bowling. Um, the off-break bowlers, particularly in South Africa, I, I say get a raw deal. All spinners mm. in South Africa, I think, get a raw deal. So for you, mm. um, the concentration 
on progressing with your bowling as opposed to bettering your batting, is it a fine line between the two for you? It is. Uh, it's, it's something that, I'm, especially for the last couple of years, where I haven't got that much opportunity, especially leaving from to Bloemfontein, where they actually got me there because of my batting. It frustrated me a little bit uh, because I didn't bowl as much as I would have liked um, for, for many odd reasons that you don't necessarily have to go into. I think it's definitely something that I want to keep close, um, something that I've worked on for many years now. Uh, from when I was young, I bowled quite a bit in Cape Town. I didn't bowl that much in Bloom, but I do feel that uh, the Titans will, will give me an opportunity to, to have a bowl as well. So I want to keep that, that string to my bow as, as much as I, I can. I want to, I want to keep honing it. Uh, because like you said, the fixation in South Africa, because of our wickets and the wickets that we play on, it's, it's, we, we're trying to hone seamers and there's a lot of emphasis on spin bowling. So when you find a good spinner and someone who knows what they're doing, uh, it kind of goes in your favor because there's not a lot of spinners around. And I, and I say that with with respect to all the quality spinners out there, but in, in general, there's not a lot, especially off-break uh, spinners. There is not a lot. Guys are just running in and bowling as quick as they can. There's no shape in the ball. There's nothing like that because of T20 cricket, but also because in South Africa, it's not that highly regarded. Um, it's just pe- people like Dane Pitt and, and Simon Harmer that have, uh, and this is right arm off spinners that I'm focusing on because that's what I do, uh, that have, have kept me hungry to continue with my bowling because of what they've done in the game. Something that I wonder about is left-handed batsmen and right-handed bowlers and fielders. How does that work? Yeah, I think it's maybe it's watching uh, Los Cruz not too much, <laughs> but that, that could be um, stretching a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think... I'm not, I'm not sure how that came about. My brother is exactly the same. He bats left-handed and bowls right. It's maybe the way my father reared us. He maybe allowed us to pick the bat up left-handed and kind of um, hone that uh, on us. And then we watched him bowl. And it is, it's a very difficult thing to explain. Um, the only thing that I can say, the only thing that I do left-handed is bat. Even when I swing a golf club, it's right-handed. So, yeah, I'm, I'm even baffled over the... So you've obviously uh, been involved with some amazing cricketers in the past, and I guess you must be really excited uh, with the young crop of cricketers, particularly the likes of Alt Brevis, um, who you will be playing with by Titans. Um, I guess having the opportunity to talk and play with the likes, as you've mentioned already, Ashwell Prince, and now the young up-and-coming cricketers, do you see them developing differently to what you did 10 years ago by virtue of so much white ball cricket, T20 cricket, and so few test matches and four-day matches that these guys who are contracted to the Proteas actually end up playing? No, very good question. That's one I have noticed and I kind of regret with, uh, with my own game is not um, just allowing myself to be attacking and having an attacking mindset and that's one thing that I see with the the younger generation it is because of the influence of T20 cricket as you said white ball cricket that they've honed this skill that that's their main format that's a format that they are they thrive in it's a, f- a format that they um, that they would take first preference in uh, where, where 
the era I grew up uh, was four-day cricket. The longer format was uh, where everybody focused their their, their arm and, their, and poured their energy into. So yeah, it's, it's exciting. I mean, yes, the game's taking different shape, and and many of our hearts are struggling with the idea that twenty cricket can be the the forefront of cricket. It can be the image of cricket, or the the flag of cricket, if you would say. And a lot of our older generation are struggling with that. But it's not a bad thing uh, because it keeps the game alive. Four-day cricket is a little bit on the on the, the downward spiral. And, but I think T20 cricket will help it along and help its identity change. And we can, we can still live in that love for four-day cricket if we nurture it, look after it correctly. But yes, totally excited to be to be in and amongst youngsters like Bevot Brevis, who is an exceptional talent, uh, but many others that are that haven't been looked at, you know, especially at the Titans currently. There's a few youngsters there that honestly, I'm I'm very excited to see them grow and, and mature um, into South Africa's next big thing. One of the things that's really impressed me about you is the fact that because you've played at at the highest level and you're a professional cricketer, you still found time to go and play club cricket and spend time in a clubhouse, particularly uh, down in the Cape around the Milneton team. I guess it's really important to actually be humble as well. I try and uh, stay humble. It's very difficult when uh, you in circles where you get a lot of praise. Uh, my dad actually uh, encouraged me to continue club cricket culture. I'll give you a story. I was standing a very young, I was probably about 13 years old, and I was watching Liverpool um, play Manchester United in Victoria Cricket Club. Yeah. And um, watching, and I looked behind me, and I saw Ashwell Prince watching the same game, um, taking his break. Obviously, he was playing on that Saturday, but he was watching the game. And, and that has stayed with me all these years that he was playing club cricket that day. And, and he represented South Africa. He represented Western Province at the time. But he was playing club cricket. So there was no, it wasn't a step down in my mind. It wasn't a, a, a lower level as, as we would regard it. But it was a time that you could spend with cricketers around the, the city that had the same love that you had for the game. And they could also teach you things. I, I played against club cricketers or fantastic uh, cricketers who could have easily made it. I just didn't work out that. So, yeah, I regarded club cricket as a, a place where I could learn, a place where I could spend time with other cricketers who love the game and also learn from them. In Cape Town, growing up, it was strong, it was quality. High-profile cricketers used to play for their clubs. Um, so, yeah, that was my, that's my recollection of club cricket. Now, what would you do on your day off? Personally, I, I spend a lot of time at home currently. I've got a one-year-old son who is uh, very busy. <laughs> and... We need a lot of attention. Um, so, and we, we, we're new to Pretoria. So my wife is also settling in into work. And, and, um, so I, I kind of, if, if it's a work day that we've got off, then I'll take care of the young man and give her the space. Um, but yeah, we, I think rest for me, especially at my age, not that I'm old, but rest and just resting the body, resting the mind, taking time off. Um, and, focusing on other things like my son, like my wife, time at home, and, and exploring a little bit of the scenery in Centurion and other outer parts, uh, Stanton, Joburg, etc., is something that we are currently 
doing at the moment. Not only are you a left-handed batsman, you're a reason to be a good off-spinner. And I suppose you pick up a tennis racket and you pick up a golf club and whatever, and you're just good at everything. I wish I could say that. Uh, yes, I do play tennis. I do play golf. But I'm, so, I'm very competitive in those areas, and my golf isn't really consistently at all. I play a few guys, uh, Dayan Halim and uh, Neil Brunt, and they are playing quality golf. And I'm close, so I don't want to talk about golf now. It's it's not where it should be. Um, but yeah, I, I love golf. I love swinging the golf club. And um, and tennis is definitely something that uh, the Kleinfeldts, the, the Kleinfeldts family, um, loved it. My uncle got a tennis court um, in his backyard. And every, say, Christmas, if we do make it to Cape Town, Christmas and and we have a little bit of potluck and we bring all our dinner together and we play tennis then. So have your skills have to be at some level in order to play with them. So I do regard myself as a little bit of a tennis player. Um, but yeah, football, I wish I was a, I would have chosen football because <laughs> it's a little bit tricky. Yeah, but you would have chosen Southampton and look where you would have been then if you played for them. <laughs> True. <laughs> Matthew, when when you look at the difference between a player like yourself and the rest of the squad members at the Momentum Multiply Titans, you've all got the same amount of talent, and every one of you, I guess, has got that extremely competitive nature and that streak that runs through you. Do you think that makes you, and I don't mean this is derogatory to those people who haven't made it, to the top, but do you think that competitive streak that we are want to win everything is what separates you from the club cricketer, for example? I think I have to honour the the cricketers that are, that are playing with currently the, the the quality of cricket and the competitive spirit. And and one thing that I do as I'm answering this question, what what comes to to mind is. Some of, there was a lot of talented cricketers that I played with that, like you said, are good enough to play at the level that um, that we are. But one thing that stood out for me is that they gave up too quickly. They, they, they gave it up because the pressure of life and the responsibilities of life was piling on them, and so they had to make a decision with all respect to that decision. Where some of us grinded through that, had to make big sacrifices to continue um, on on this journey, um, and so so yeah, I, I think it's not just on field competitiveness. I think it's out, uh, outside of the game as well, where you have to stay competitive. You have to, uh, even when things are going very downhill and you don't think your career is going as well as it should, to continue to continue going in the direction that you feel is necessary to to go as far as you can and to express the talent that you believe that you have. Um, and, and yeah, with, with, with I say that in, in big respects because some guys have to unfortunately say, I can't continue, I have to look at other areas in life. But I would say that a large majority of the, the guys that I came across didn't have to do that. They had, had contracts um, and they were they did have the talent in order to continue. Obviously, the competitiveness needed to be there. Do you set goals for yourself? And if you do, what's your goal for the next six months? The next six months, we probably 
um, I think we're starting with uh, one day cricket and then we're playing four day cricket to end the year. So I think it's firstly to start in the 50 over competition. Um, it, I, I didn't 50 over cricket last season. So um, if, I, if I'm going to do the short term goals, it would probably be to start for the Titans in, in Whitehall cricket. Um, and in four day cricket is basically to continue our left off from last season and just to churn out big, big scores. I know that's very vague and it's not a specific goal, but um, just currently where I'm at, it's my, my goals are not so much how much runs. It is to contribute as best that I can with big scores up front and opening opening the batting, etc. Lovely sentiment. Beyond the boundary with the Sky Blues, our guest today, Matthew Kleinfeld. Matthew, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so very much. And just so you are aware, we now have it what your goals are for the next six months. So when we talk to you again, we're going to judge you on what you said on the show. Please, please do. No, please do. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you and uh, I look forward to chatting to you guys in the future. We will hold you to that. Beyond the Boundary with the Sky Blues, Matthew Kleinfeld, our guest today. Lovely chatting to him until the next edition of Beyond the Boundary with the Sky Blues. Bye for now. Beyond the Boundary with the Sky Blues was brought to you by Titans Cricket and That Guy Productions. <laughs>